What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, we got Matt. How's it going, buddy? Hi there. Pretty good. Thanks for having me back, buddy. Oh, yeah. Um, I picked you for a very specific reason. Um, What could that be? I thought we could dissect this uh, very particular piece of lore together because it involves female orcs, so that should be fun. And I know... I know you know women very well, so right? I thought... I'm, I'm incredibly hateful as well, which is <laughs> yeah. an, another good reason to get me on for this. Which puts us in the Imperium mindset. So in this particular case, it's a good thing. Yeah, I can't wait to see. I want to hear about big, swanging orc. But <laughs> yeah, so um, this story is written by um, Julian and... It's called Queen Bodreka and her Crashian or her crushes. Crashes. Crashes. Like, there's a lot of Z's and K's in this. It's, yeah. It looks real cool. <laughs> it looks cool, but it's a nightmare to read these orc ones. But I'm oh, yeah. excited to read it. Looks like it's going to be an interesting story nonetheless. And uh, we'll try not to be too negative. Like, you know, 40K, you can write whatever you want, I suppose. But also at the same time, there are no female orcs. Look, I didn't promise not to be too negative with my messes. I'm not going to promise it to some random, random writer, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll try our best to be kind. Yeah. Let's get into it. <clears throat> our war boss ain't no normal git. Ye beak, he's got an emperor, but we got queen. Oh, queen. I get it. <laughs> K-W-E. Yeah, like- <laughs> You get it? Like like Lady King. Yeah, I it's all coming together now. <laughs> Real good. Real excellent writing to start off with. Mm-hmm. A captured orc boy during an interrogation with a member of the Ordo Xenos. Queen Bodrecker has an unusual distinction of being perhaps the only female orc in the existence. Many who hear of her for the first time laugh and snort in derision. Several drinking songs mocking her have even been written by regiments in the Astra Militarum. More than one crude character of her has been scrawled on a mess hall napkin, but few get the chance to underestimate the queen more than once. 
those who have seen her and her sons race in the battle know that she is just as dangerous as any other orc warlord, followed by an army of fanatically devoted greenskins. To understand Queen Bodrecker, you must understand her home planet. The world of Incensius is at the very edge of the Imperium, a cool and wet agri world that grew continent-spanning fields of vegetables to provide the citizens of the Imperium with healthy vitamins and necessary roughage. So horrifically tedious was the world of Icenius that it was one of the few worlds unaffected by the Horus heresy. In the past 10,000 years, the people of Icenius lived a peaceful, quiet existence. Things changed when war boss Kareen Breka landed on the planet. His ship... <gasps> oh, I think he's Knee Breaker. Knee bre oh, Knee Breaker, not Queen. Yeah, fucking orc speak. Okay. Come things... on, this is a this is a boy one. This is a boy... <laughs> <laughs> things changed when war boss Knee Breaker landed on the planet. His ship had only possessed a few dozen boys, having gotten separated from the rest of the WOG, when they let a squig pilot the starship. Oh, oh. <laughs> they crash landed in Broccoli Field 47. The, I, I am enjoying this person's kind of sense of humor so far. Uh, I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm waiting for the troll. When is he going to start trolling? Bro? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about it. You know, I'm just waiting. The impact killed all the boys inside instantly. The last thing going through the mines was probably a shard of hot red metal. <laughs> Classic <laughs> joke there. A classic <laughs> joke. The last thing going through their minds was probably a shard of red hot metal. The explosion sent orky spores into the soil, and Icenius, in less than a span of a season, the farmers would discover that cauliflowers weren't the only thing growing in their fields. Orcs reached the technological and physical level suitable for whatever enemies are nearby. When facing that, <laughs> might of the space marines and tyranids, they grow tremendously near the lofty heights of primarchs, daring to unlock greater and greater genetic potential left by the old ones. When the only foes orcs have to fight are farmers, armed with pitchforks, pesticide sprayers, and the occasional anti-grav crop duster, the boys will, will be stupid and runty, only slightly more literate than Mark. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this happened to the orcs of Vikinius. The lack of suitable combat left those orcs <laughs> looking like overgrown grots. The farmers treated the green skins as large green vermin, something that had to be dealt with every planting season, lest they eat all their <laughs> fruit of vega. Fuck. This is almost too, too on the nose, but I like it so far. I really like it. <laughs> This, like, I just wish some of these were almost 40k crops, but at the same time, it's nice that it's just so yeah. not 40k at the It'd same time. Nice if it was like broccolis and cauliflower yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I like it. Some of those could be STDs in 40k too. So be careful which one you want to put on your mouth. They both look exactly the same. The <laughs> they do. That is the problem. <laughs> This went on for a few centuries, orc spores growing into boys, boys rushing into nearby farming town and killing a few absent-minded farmers, farmers fighting back. It never escalated much farther than raiding parties, and this could have continued until the return of the emperor had the world eaters come back to attack. To this day, none know 
why the Battalion of World Eaters materialized from the warp in the skies above Icenius. Some theorized that they had gotten too lost, and Icenius had just happened to be the planetary equivalent of a gas station, where one could get directions after taking a wrong turn on a cross-country road trip. Others say it's because Angron forced to consume the bland turnip-based diet during his years of slavery, had sworn an oath of vengeance against all members of the Brassica Brassica. family. Now now I'm starting to wonder, is this planet, this Ikenia, is this Angron's homeworld? No, no, this is, um, Angron was so pissed at turnips. Brassica is like a term for different types of root vegetables, I believe. That's the kind of- Okay, that's the kind like of a family name. No, it's, a, it's, it's not like the kingdom of Brassica. I, I don't okay. think. I, I think he's making a very scientific joke, which are the best <laughs> jokes, <Woo>! of course. <laughs> right <on> my head. <laughs> Still others say that it was some sort of nefarious plot by Cheech. But those kinds of people always say everything is a nef- nefarious plot by Cheech. Every time they lose their goddamn kings, it's Cheech's fault. Whatever the reason was, the world leaders invaded Icenius and slaughtered thousands. The fields of cabbage were watered with blood, which was very nutritious for the cabbages that they grew quite well on, the, on it. And while the world leaders gloried in butchery, the orcs charged them, armed with hefty rocks and farming tools. The vast majority of the orcs were instantly slaughtered. A bare handful survived and nicked a world eater starship, jumping into the warp by jamming bok choy into the, <laughs> into the control panel and disappearing without a trace. The embarrassment of losing a ship to some orcs was painful for the world eaters, almost as painful as the punishment doled out by their superior officer. But the orcs led the na- newly crowned war boss, Bodreka, were free. Having lived their whole lives on a planet of cabbages, Bodrecker and his boys had no idea who these strange armored lads were and what the glittered buttons did. But they were having a grand old time, pulling levers and pushing buttons, made them go fast, made cool explosions. The orcs existed, or the orcs exited the warp through Gork's grin, whooping and cheering, unaware that they were being followed. Um... Do we want to hit on that before I get started on the next point? Or should we yeah. just should yeah, we just it, carry on going? Maybe we just carry on unless you have like something super relevant. I need to see where this goes. So I'm just uh, going to carry know, on. I know, me too. <clears throat> carry on, I think. So, unknown to the orcs, they had passed through the territory of the warp controlled by Slananesh. Upon seeing a world eater z- ship zigzagging through her territory, the demon queen Ichilaque followed with numerous other demons in service to the Lord of Pleasure. Following the orcs out into normal space, the demons finally got close enough to strike. They fired on the orcs, whose terrible piloting skills made for very very effective dodging. In response, the orcs did as their forefathers did and crash-landed onto a nearby planet. Unlike Kneebreaker, they survived by landing on something soft, Ah, that's where he got the name. The numerous bodies of members of the Adeptus Sororitas who had gathered outside for prayers. <clears throat> the Adeptus Sororitas believed it to be a full-scale demon invasion and rallied. The demons, under fire from the Sisters of Battle, retaliated. The orcs ran away, but returned later for some sneaky hit-and-run guerrilla tactics that would have made Mork proud. 
Were it not for the fact that both other factions were preoccupied with each other, the orcs would have been stomped into paste. But more sisters of battle were shipped to deal with this threat. Members of the Emperor's children came forth from the warp to do battle. More and more orcs spawned from the caverns where Bodraka had made his home, still engaging in the hit-and-run tactics they had employed when they first arrived. And Bodraka came to a very strange conclusion. You see, boys, he said, these other gits, they got all this good stuff, yeah? And I think it's because they got those girly people. Them sisters and queens and stuff. But if I was a queen, we'd be the winners. Oh, dear. <laughs> this, this was is, received. This is why I got you to do it, because I knew you would have the perfect <laughs> queen orc warlord voice. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's what I really go for. Um, <laughs> this was received with cheers and applause. Clearly, the war boss was some sort of genius. Bodraka had a mech boy ultra bled breastplate, adding two of them lunky, lumpy things on the chest, and having a pain boy stitch on the ripped scalp of a Slaneshi demon they had managed to take by surprise. He also insisted they paint the hair red. See, if I got me a red head, me thinking's gonna be speedy. And thus, Warboss Bodraka became Queen Bodraka. Filled and energized with confidence, the queen led her boys into battle. What the queen did not realize that was that, for the first time in her life, she commanded a respectable number of orcs. No longer were they scrawny and stinking of cabbage. Surrounded by foes on all sides in this new world, the orcish population had exploded, getting bigger and bigger, smarter and smarter. For the first time, the queen had mech boys, weird boys, pain boys, and thousands upon thousands of regular boys riding on cobbled together bikes made from vehicles. The ragtag group had become a full army, and this new foe took both the demons and Adeptus Sororitas completely by surprise, particularly as both armies had exhausted their resources fighting one another. The queen herself defeated the Palantine Chlamydia army. Oh, <laughs> the queen herself defeated the palantine chlamydia by running line um like this whole time i wasn't sure how much of this was like sincerely writing you know i said it was satire you, you don't think is sincere no at this point now that was the final line that sealed it Plat palant so now i feel like we can make fun of it all I all we want to so just saying That's... all bars are off now that you've named that <laughs> yes nice i'm glad that is finally discovered a way to beat chlamydia the queen herself defeated palantine chlamydia by running her over with a bike if only it were that easy in real life am i right fellas you're right uh, her boys cut apart the demons and it was the emperor's children with their choppers oh sorry the boys cut apart the demons and the emperor's children with their choppers weird boys bleach belching warp energy all over the place it was the first military victory the queen had ever had, and she hungered for more. Imperial scholars believe what happened next was fed by Wa energy. The boys believe they couldn't lose now they had a queen. Bodraka grew larger and smarter with every fight, though she attributed it to the long red demon hair wig she wore. 
They rampage all throughout the planet until they find another starship. Board this place, roared the queen. Make it red. Let's go somewhere new. The rest of the queen's life is essentially more of the same. She would lead her boys or her sons with a U and a Z, as she called them, on a rampage across the planet, fighting whatever they could. When there was nothing left to fight, or the queen simply got bored of a planet, they would either take a ship and pilot it somewhere new, crash landing and starting the whole process again. It is quite interesting to note that most of the orcs in Queen Bodraka's army are fanatic fanatically loyal to her. They believe she's blessed by Mork to have such a cunning idea of turning female. This fervent belief only makes them stronger. Indeed, some of the boys have become girls, <laughs> even though they are rare. As her number of sons increased, the queen had come up with a radical new idea. What if they didn't crash their ships every time they landed on a new planet? This was hailed by the sons as perhaps the greatest idea since squig on a stick. To do this, the queen decreed her sons needed a permanent home. She returned to Isenus. Isenius? She returned to, she returned to Isenius, where more and more orcs had been growing in the sprite fields. Now the queen is having her mech boy build her some new starships, ones with landing gear, a terrifying prospect for an unstable galaxy. Soon, her red-hatted sons will swarm the galaxy, chanting the name of their queen. <laughs> the end. The end, okay. So... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How I read this and my answer would be i i wish i knew if this guy was just trying to troll us or not but i guess that's the point of a troll oh my god this guy's definitely trolling me. Yeah, this guy I mean, has to be trolling me right now he but then knew. Again, man like i've actually talked to people who write story like this and they're not trolling okay they're still trolling because they knew <laughs> they this guy knew that i would get cancelled over this story and i'm ready for it i'm, yeah. I'm ready for it right now yeah. um yeah, I want to. I want to unpack some story elements of this be, before we dive into the whole yelling about female orc nonsense. I just want to say first off, yeah, fun read. Fun it was read. a real. It was a real fun read. It was very tongue in cheek and very. Yeah. Um, you know, I I enjoy that. Like, there was a it, couple of lines in there that are going to stick with me for a long time. One of them yeah. is border this place make it red let's go or whatever make it red like yeah at first right. i'm like oh they're gonna paint oh blood to be fair <laughs> they are they only paint it once a month red so mm. yeah uh, okay so yeah like it was a cool story it was fun to read it was trolly it was fun there's some jokes there it made me laugh um i i don't quite get what i don't really like about this story is we build up this planet of Vikinius and like the people and stuff, but I feel like it doesn't really matter. Like this planet 
didn't really have an effect on who came out of the planet. And then when you go back to the planet, I feel like it could have been any planet. There just seemed like there was no real nothing there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, sometimes I feel a lot like that with orc stories. Like, you know, he could have called them broccoli orcs or something like that, you know. But, yeah. And like, I, I, I'm hoping... I am hoping that if he models these, they have like afros that look like the top of broccoli. Like that, for me, that really ties things together. Um, <laughs> the broccoli. But yeah, yeah no, like, I get what you're a, saying. It was such a cool setting. Like he painted the, this. This was the problem. So he painted this cool picture of, of the planet, like these people, all these different aspects of it. He pictured the world leader and like blooding the crops and made this another cool story element. But ultimately, he made all that and then he just left it. You know, he just left it. But do you and think that was too it... troll? Do you think it was too trollless? You know, like, because I started reading this and I was like, oh, very sincere. Like, kind of a couple of jokes in here. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think, like, maybe he put all this effort in just to be like, and now I'm going to tear it away from you. I'm going yeah. to tear you off the nipple and take away your milk kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It... Okay. Um, I read his email. Um, hope you enjoy. I'm trying to, I'm going to eat, read this whole email as well, actually. Um, okay. had a crude idea for first female orc warlord that I thought you might be interested because this will actually answer a lot of questions. I don't have an army in mind, but if it did, it'd be an orc evil son's base that would behave like a gang of mad lads depicted here. Please know this is all tongue in cheek. Uh, I know it doesn't fit with the grim dark feel. Honestly, I don't want it to do an orc whose name was a bad pun of <laughs> Budakat. Bu he spells it B-O-U-D-I. Bodicea, who was <laughs> who was an English warrior queen. Uh, uh, I find incredibly offensive. She was known for her flowing red hair as she rode on a chariot okay. through the sky. Okay. Um, so yeah, I can see the links. I was yeah. actually. He actually kind of got that across. I did, I, as soon as he kind of said warrior queen with red hair, I was like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue reading. That, that, that's pretty cool tie-in. Uh, I also thought this would be a good chance for Warhammer to talk about trans people in the galaxy and the dangers of uh, cru cruciferous vegetables. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hopefully you enjoy. I'm trying to break the Warhammer isn't funny rule. Okay, so now having read the email again, yeah, like knowing this is all done in tongue in cheek, I'm sure he did get bored halfway through and like just tied it back together. You know, it answers a lot of those types of questions, and you know, all the all the cheeky jokes, hilarious. I I really like the one about me not reading. Caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, that was real good. I enjoyed that also. That was um real nice. Um. Let's talk about trans people in 40k for a hot minute. Like for sure. Um, they have nothing to do with this story at all, incredibly. Orcs are asexual. That's like me saying that's a male carrot. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a female carrot. If I'm holding two carrots in my hand, they're both can, dick shaped, so they're male. You can <laughs> you can stick them in you in whatever hole you want. It doesn't change what gender they are, you know. Yeah, like and ultimately, like they're the galaxy if we're talking like about 40k in 
or trans people in 40K, which is what we're trying to stick to. Like, you know, there's a million imperial worlds. Each world is going to feel differently about it. I don't think they feel one way or another. The Mechanicum, yeah. everyone in the Mechanicum is trans. They're transhuman. Yeah. Um, right. You know, space marines, they're transhumans. There's, there's nothing... The protagonists, protagonists of 40K, which are the space marines, are transhuman. So, yeah. I don't know, like... I think this is the thing is when we try and bring in real world values into something like it yeah. is like is like when you try and bring race into Warhammer, like black or white, they're all having a real shit time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like is you know, like it doesn't doesn't really matter what color you are when the Chikari come knocking on your door. Everyone's yeah. a slave. And if you're not a slave, you're me. Great, yeah. awesome. So, or you pick up uh, a gun and you fight back and hope to God, the God Emperor, you survive. Yeah, but like, so yeah, and particularly when it comes down to orcs, I mean, people see this kind of boys thing. We have to remember where the culture came from. It came from football hooliganism in the late sixties, seventies in the UK. Predominantly men, predominantly lads or boys however you want to kind of come from it. That's the archetype. You know, this is the archetype. But they're vegetables. They're veg they're, yeah, they're, they're not gender-based creatures. Now, it is nice that he didn't make like, oh, the orcs believed in the queen that she did turn into a female orc. Like, this was transgender orc. Like, this could happen. There could be an orc out there who straps on two metal breastplates and calls herself a woman. And like, she's not, whatever, she's not. Yeah. the orc yeah. is still you know it's just it's whatever still like completely asexual no yeah. genitalia they yeah. breed through spores you know like effectively an orc i remember we i read out something similar and I'm, i hate to burst your bubble that this has kind of been done already but um we actually read out a story back on listener lore a little while ago where it was called the pretty boys i believe who fought okay. against they fought against the Adeptus Sororitas. So yeah. they start they started wearing makeup and yeah. like food, food plate and all this kind of stuff because they were taking on the guise of their enemy, you know. So they had bright red lipstick on, which was just the blood of their enemies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Effectively, like an orc's an orc's an orc. Yeah. Sure. Like the, yeah, and the like difference. you can dress them up and like I have no problem with orcs doing this. Like that's kind of behavior, this weird behavior. We've ha seen orcs that see pirate hats and get become obsessed with hats. You know, this yeah. kind of behavior isn't abnormal. But like, I don't like, know. I guess my I guess my point is, if you're trying to, I don't know. I don't even know what my point is because well, I don't even know what this guy's it, point is. If we're talking about like kind of the strength of femininity or whatever, or the strength of masculinity or who's in charge of the hierarchy, you pick the wrong faction. I, that's all I'm going to say, because we know yeah. big is best and whoever kills the most orcs, the quickest, or the most enemies, the quickest, yeah. is top of the chip. Like, yeah, like I, I just imagine trying to explain, or an orc trying to explain any form of gender concept. It's like us trying to explain like, you know, ant shit. Like, we just don't understand. We're not yeah. ants. We don't know what ants are. We can't yeah. understand, like, that hive mind of an ant because we're not a fucking ant. Well, and it's effectively, you have to think, like, this is like saying, you know, is a group of orcs who are really invested in writing. 
Like that's so low on their <laughs> fucking. It's so low on their actual yeah. like list of priorities. Yeah. Which at the very top is kill everything. So you know, like I'm quite happy. Like you know, maybe this is something that he kind of goes into it a little bit where they're fighting against people, and it's because they've got a load of girls. Like for me, you know, then the world ears come. And suddenly, what, like, what is it, a female group of world eaters that come by? No, that's men. So you've got, you're being killed by women and men now. So it's kind yeah. of, and I would imagine that the world eaters are killing a lot more per person than the sororitas are. Just from a lorical standpoint. Especially you know? since then they didn't even have two weapons. They just had fucking rocks. Right? Yeah. Or like they're going up against the Sisters of Battle and they see like hordes and hordes of like Sisters of Battle and then like five dudes walk yeah. up to him. Like were, were the world ears? Yeah. Did they have big steel titties on? Like, <laughs> Did they start yeah. wearing bunny ears around? No. <laughs> right? Like this is it. So this is the, I would prefer, I'm not going to tell him how to write. I wanted to see like you know. Well, yeah, the tough part is because he said, please know this is all done in, done in tongue in cheek. So that's like any anything I say is kind of just discarded then. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's clearly been written as one of those things. But I feel, yeah. we, you know, we do urge you to discuss it, like yeah. and treat it as a piece of lore. That's, you know, obviously there's a lot of work that went into this. We're not yeah, this yeah, part yeah. of the work and there's thought and, that and went the laughter into this. we had and stuff, but like on a on a whole, I just I don't I don't get this. I don't I don't like the story. It's I, not 40k, it just it's just whatever. I, I just feel like it's one of those things is designed you is designed to draw you into a conversation yeah. that everyone's talking about very loudly. Yeah, you and could, it's like I don't want to. I, I come to 40k so I don't have to talk about trans yeah. people issues. Like that's the fucking issue here yeah, with exactly. this lore. Like not everything has to be um 100 percent yeah. inclusive. And, yeah. And let's always remember if you want to be anyone in 40k, fuck you. Everyone in 40k is not good. The good guys are not good guys. Why do you yeah. want to be represented in 40k? They are th that is it's a satire universe showing you how bad an authoritarian place can get. Yeah. Like you don't want to be there, you don't want to be represented there. So no. let's not bring political issues into our 40k space but that's the thing it i wouldn't have even went into it unless it, but is specifically because he said what do you think of the idea of this in yeah the email know, specifically like, requested you know so we can we can get into it it doesn't matter it doesn't fucking matter it, it doesn't matter like no matter how much i'm, I'm probably going to get flack just for saying that but no matter how much it matters to you in the real world it does not matter in Warhammer. Yeah. Everyone's all, we're all on the same level. You're either bad, really bad, or horrible. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, like even if you're a priest, like we could talk about like how the ecclesiarchy is definitively sexy, uh, so, definitively sexy, Ooh. definitively sexist because they have the Sisters of Battle and the Sisters of Battle wear food play. Or we could talk about the fact that it's sexist towards dirty old men. And that was the reason why they picked sexy young women to work for them as <laughs> yeah. a juxtaposition for, you know, when the Vatican was picking the prettiest girls to become nuns. Yeah. Like, 
this is the thing we can draw comparisons effectively you're not really going to get anything out of it yeah exactly it was yeah i think i think i've said my piece about this story it's just I read a lot of lore and I get a lot of emails and stuff where it's like, you know, female orcs or, you know, female space marines, obviously, or just obvious things where it's like, this is not 40k. Like, this does not exist in the 40k universe. This isn't me saying this. This is the GW team saying that female orcs don't exist. So don't write me getting mad. Don't write me your female orc stories. I'm not the one in charge here. Please um, write to me and get mad, and I will spend mm-hmm. ages abusing you because yeah, exactly. I feel. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this kind of ideology and stuff, which we've really only prominently be pay, been paying attention to within the last less than ten years, at me if you think I'm wrong, and I will tell you where all this ideology came from, and I can tell you definitively, Warhammer is older than this school of thought. Okay, so we're talking about things which are one in a set established lore, which has 40 years with the backstory, which does not relate to your life. If you are, if you find 40k relatable, go to your therapist because you could (laughs) potentially hurt someone. Okay, yeah, like that's the thing about it. Like, I just I don't care about bringing issues into my hobby, and I don't care about fucking fucking around with it like that i care about what is actually in the universe and that and what what i will say just as a like kind of one of my wrap-up points for this if you can't enjoy a story because you don't relate to it then you really need to look outside of your own ego because that would that would be the equivalent of me saying i can't enjoy a story by a black female writer because it hasn't or every story has to have a white straight man in you know, I can I can read stories about different people because even though I don't relate to them, I can still extrapolate value from that story. And this is kind of, you know, 40K is a great tool for looking into philosophy and ph- theology. I've always thought that because it draws such drastic comparisons to what we know to be morally righteous or the norm or whatever. Yeah. You can't input your morals yeah. into this kind of thing. That's a, and it is a real thing that people need to try and get around, you know? Yeah. Especially too in like this, like it, they, like it just feels so forced. Like, look, trans people exist. Like I said, there's trans super soldiers. There's people that are fucking cutting off arms and replacing them with toasters. Like they don't give a shit. They'll do whatever have- they want, whatever they're capable of, whatever time allows like it, it's just such a yeah. non-issue is the thing we have demons which will literally assume different genders and they will use different genders specifically as a tool of gender you know that yeah. is why they're specific we look at like when he comes into Solanesh, i think this is the thing you can be like oh well look you know they're they're dipping from titties to wangs every five minutes Yes, that is a core point of the story. That is, you know, that's something that is relevant because we know that demons don't have gender. They just assume forms and they make, you know, effectively, and this isn't a point about the real world, but they make a mockery of our reality because they are immaterial. So this is the thing. They can come in and they can basically do whatever their power allows them to do for whatever means they need. And they will use... Gender, wrath, emotion, fear, yeah. 
happiness, all those tools, whatever gets you to fool is the way they're going to play it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's wrap this one up. I guess the final thought I have for this guy is um, it, it was a fun read. Um, I'm glad you said you wrote it in tongue in cheek because then I know not to take this seriously, but yeah. you know, at the same time, this, you know, you wrote it for a reason. So there, yeah. there's our response. So and you have, you had to get some seriousness. I yeah. love the answer because that's the thing. If you ask a serious question with a silly yeah. story, you still, you know, yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, got to yeah. back it up somehow. So. Yeah, you wrote us a silly story, so I took this silly story for what it was—a silly story. But then you asked us the question about trans people, and then that's where the more serious conversation of, well, now this story doesn't fucking matter what you wrote us, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, thanks for writing the story. Anyways, like I, I do like sometimes just a good troll about the unknown primarchs, or you know, yeah. I don't like the trolls. But. I like Angroni and turnips. That's great. Like yeah. he's real pissed <laughs> off at root vegetables. I would have rather seen him fighting against giant rabbits or like <laughs> varmin or whatever. You know, maybe they turn, maybe oh, they turn into farmers and really harness their <laughs> landscape. But yeah, thank you cool. for writing it. We enjoyed yeah. it. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks, Matt, for joining me. Thank you. Uh, anytime. And we'll see you all uh, on the next episode of Lord Hammer Listener Lord. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.